Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast. Uh, we are heading into week two of the NFL season. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And Dylan, getting ready for another week of action. Uh, the first week, as we always say, uh, lots of surprises, lots of disappointments. Uh, this is that, that week where we go from maybe overreacting to everything uh, to finally seeing some consistency and some inconsistencies uh, that help us sort of better, I guess, form our opinions uh, going throughout the rest of the season. It's still too early to really have great ideas about every team. Try to kind of temper our expectations based off one week. At the same time, also not being too low on maybe teams like the Browns, who we'll get to them, obviously. Uh, pretty disappointing start but it's one game one week for a lot of these teams and a lot of things can change week to week as we know in the nfl no no guarantees for any of these teams i uh, still think we're gonna probably both side with the patriots over the dolphins we'll find out but <laughs> other than that yeah a lot of games that you could see going either way just about to say there are some guarantees <laughs> and uh we we will get to that one uh but yes it is as always uh this time of the week it's it's our picks uh all of our our big great prognostications uh with upsets betting picks uh, fantasy advice all sorts of stuff uh to help you get ready for uh thursday sunday monday all the different game days in the nfl so we will jump right into it and start with the thursday night game which uh, we probably won't spend a ton of time on since this podcast will be up after that game is over but uh dylan just to, to run through this one that is uh the bucks at the panthers I think both of us are on the same page here. Uh, looking at what I saw from the Bucks in Week One, I just there's just there's so many questions surrounding Jameis Winston, and we thought that things were going to change in Bruce Arians' offense, and certainly they still could. Uh, but he didn't look very good. They have a lot of weapons on that offense. Uh, Panthers lost a tough game at home to the Rams. 
Um, this is just a really good spot for the Panthers on a short week like this. It feels like um, they should be able to take care of business. I'm picking the Panthers, and I assume you are as well. Yeah, picking the Panthers partially because I do believe they did some good things against the Rams, obviously, and you know with a few bounces here and there, could have pulled that one out. But it really is more about Tampa Bay. I don't have any belief in what they're doing at all at this point. That that game against the 49ers was a mess for both sides, really, and. You know, we Jameis Winston. You want to, if you're a Bucks fan, you're hoping when they bring in Bruce Arians that things are going to kind of turn around, and it's just more of the same. Uh, the Panthers, you know, despite giving up 30 points, the Rams did some decent things to slow down some of their bigger chunk plays. I don't have any confidence after one week in what Winston's able to do with those longer throws. I, you know, we we want these guys like Mike Evans, OJ Howard, Chris Godwin to be uh, successful fantasy players, but they need someone to throw them the rock, and it's just not. I just don't have any belief in it right now. I think this game for the Panthers. If you if you have the Panthers defense, I, Blake's going to get to this in a sec too. There, <laughs> I expect them to force a lot of turnovers. There's. You know, the Rams did a good job of not trying to force it too much. They were kind of taking what the Panthers gave them. I think the pressure is going to get to Jameis. We're going to see him throw the exact same kind of passes we saw where he just lobbed them right to corners on uh, the 49ers. And I expect the Panthers to have a big game defensively. Yeah, I wouldn't expect two two returns uh, for touchdowns on interceptions like the Niners did, but no. you're still going to get a lot of points. I think if you play the Panthers' defense, uh, that is definitely one of my fantasy loves for this week because uh, they should have a big game knowing that the turnover potential there. And, again, it's the Gerald McCoy revenge game. Uh, you always uh, love those. Uh, those are always exciting. And uh, the revenge games, that's what it's all about. But the Panthers, um, I think, you know, started around seven-point favorites. I've seen it kind of go anywhere from six, six-and-a-half. Uh, either way, I think the Panthers probably win this game by a touchdown. Most of our picks are going to be straight up, but just uh, for the betters out there, uh, that's the spread now. And uh, to be honest with you, it just feels like a really good spot. Although we have seen some a lot of ugliness sometimes with these Thursday night games, uh, so you never really know maybe how it's going to unfold. Uh, either way, it feels like a really good spot for the Panthers. All right, moving into Sunday slate, and we start uh, with the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans are three-point favorites in that one. Um, two teams, Dylan, that, that we've talked a lot about, really uh, just going through the, the mishmash that it was the, the AFC South and not really knowing what to expect from that division. I still don't think we really know. Uh, the only thing probably we do know at this point is that the Jags are on the outside looking in maybe when it comes to uh, that division. But the other three teams, the Colts, the Titans, and the Texans, um, have at least shown us something thus far. And uh, we look at this matchup. The Titans could never beat Andrew Luck. Uh, the good news for the Titans is that Andrew <laughs> Luck is not playing. And so that at least is a positive. Also a positive, Dylan, is the Titans look really, really good last week against the Browns. As we know, this is a very intriguing matchup to me. I ultimately went Titans, even though I did pick the Colts to win this division. And this is one of those games, you know, when you have a division matchup like this, you're going to ultimately uh, try to win a division title. Uh, these are important. And for the Colts starting off 0-2 wouldn't be ideal. But I like the Titans here, even though uh, I'm someone, and I've said it many times, I'm someone that does not trust the Titans. And even with a performance <laughs> like that, I've seen them too many times have those next games where they just come back really flat. I'm still going to take the Titans here, uh, maybe to build some momentum off of that win at the Browns. Yeah, that's exactly kind of why I was tempted to pick the Colts. I also did pick Tennessee, the team I did pick to win the AFC South. I Yeah, the, again, the Colts, 
what they did last week, I think, you know, the Chargers are a little undermanned, sure, but it was very impressive how they kind of fought back and how they're able to move the ball the whole game. The defense looks solid. Um, you know, we'll see what they're able to do this week, but I still went with the Titans. I, I really loved what Arthur Smith, their new offensive coordinator, did with his play calls. They put Mar- Mariota in a lot of places to succeed. He excels with play action. Um, I think he had 8.8 yards per attempt over the course of his career from play action. They ran it 43% of his dropbacks against the Browns, including that play action screen on the long uh, Derrick Henry touchdown. So they're, you know, they're getting after it early. They're putting Mariota in these spots where you know, they're putting everyone on their team in the best place to succeed. And I think that's something that hasn't always happened in Mariota's career. Um, and I also have a big believer in their defense. I, I know the Browns offensive line will get to them and how they've struggled and all the questions there. But I, I still think that Tennessee's defense is for real. And uh, as much as I've tempted to pick the Colts because they were so strong and I think they have so many good things going for them I don't think Tennessee is going to get nearly as much pressure this week with the Colts offensive line that that offensive line is what tempted me to flip my pick here but I'm going to stick with Tennessee I just think this you know like you said there's so many times where they play a great one week the next week they come back at home a lot of times too and they just kind of drop these duds but I think it's a little different this time I think uh, finally Tennessee's kind of turning the corner here yeah, they'll have to get Derrick Henry involved again. I mean, certainly we've seen kind of the evolution of his career and where he's at right now um, and his playmaking ability. I mean, it's just something where he's got so much opportunity there. And Mariota is still, for me, going to be what everything you know depends on if he's able to be consistent. And let's be honest, in a 30-point win against the Browns, he really didn't have to do a ton because of the way that game unfolded. Um, and so, you know, are there situations here where he's going to have to throw the ball more uh, maybe against the Colts and have to, to do a few more things knowing that, that they're going to try to key in on Derrick Henry? Uh, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, hard. I'm still not to the point where I completely trust the Titans. And to be honest with you, I'm probably going to be the last one that jumps on the bandwagon uh, just because of someone that, that's seen them you know, so much locally and, and knowing that they have had these games where they look so good and they come back you know, and just completely have a flat performance. Uh, certainly if you're a Titans fan, you don't want to see that. Uh, but this is a, always a, a fun game between these two. Uh, and, yes, if you're a Tennessee fan and uh, you know that Andrew Luck is not under center, you're really going to want the victory here uh, going into a crucial uh, divisional matchup early in the season. But that should be one of the better games of the week. Uh, another game that offers some intrigue, and that is the uh, Chargers heading to Detroit. To take on the Lions, Chargers, uh, I think around two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Uh, this is a tough one, Dylan. I've, I've gone back and forth. This was probably one of the, the tougher games uh, to pick for me this week. Uh, who are you going with in the Chargers at the Lions? I picked the Chargers. Uh, yeah, another one, like you said, it was tough for me as well. But I, I, I again, I again in the last section just now, I was talking about you know while it was an impressive performance by the Colts. I think the Chargers maybe aren't getting enough credit for what they're able to do. Uh, a little undermanned, and they still got the win over Indianapolis. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of good things they're doing. Austin Eckler becoming a complete back in front of our eyes. I don't really trust the Lions secondary. I know for parts of the game they're doing well, but Arizona was kind of figuring their own play calling out. And when they did it. 
He came uh, literally. I had no trust in Detroit's defense going into that overtime of that game. I think Philip Rivers and what they're able to do with the ball is going to be even more of a problem. I, you know, I still think fantasy wise, Carryon Johnson's going to have a huge week because the Chargers do struggle with these kind of power backs. Uh, we saw Marlon Mack go off for a ton of yards in the last game. I think Carryon Johnson will put up some points. I think it'll be a close game. I think the Chargers just at the end of the day. I have a little bit too more talent than Detroit. They'll end up kind of being the difference here. Um, we'll we'll see what Detroit can do. I, you know, I I was intri- I was kind of impressed with a lot of <laughs> things they did, and you want to believe in what they're doing, but I still still don't believe in their offensive philosophy really overall. And I think the Chargers will just have enough here to win. Say there's no momentum like the momentum you get from a tie, and so uh, the Lions are going to come in here. I think with a little bit of confidence, uh, they didn't particularly finish the game well against the Cardinals, uh, but I'm going to take the Lions here in a slight upset. Uh, I don't think a lot of people probably are going to be picking this one, although when you look at that line, you're probably looking at it if you're someone just, just as a casual fan thinking, wow, why is that so so close? Um, but it's because the Chargers just sort of have these performances sometimes. We talked about the Titans. Uh, you almost feel mm-hmm. like you could group those two teams together in a sense, uh, whereas those have been two teams maybe in the past, probably more so the Chargers and the Titans, uh, but but have always tried to sort of get over that hump and, and to finally be a team uh, you know that that can take that next step, that level of consistency, whether it's once you get to the playoffs uh, or, or however you, you know you want to look at it. But they always sort of have some of those games where you're looking back at the end of the season and kicking yourself and feeling like, well, how did we lose that game? I don't know. This could be one of those games early in the season, uh, knowing that the Lions do have some, some offensive weapons to work with. T.J. Hawkinson, we've raved about him. Um, he is going to be a stud, I think, at least you know, knowing Matthew Stafford has him. Danny Amendola had a big performance. You mentioned Kerryon Johnson. Um, I just, you know, the Lions at home, they have some offensive weapons, may be able to keep up here. Uh, maybe we see a high-scoring game between these two. I'll take the Lions here and, like I said, sort of a, a slight upset, even if there are such things as upsets in the NFL. Well, unless we're talking about the Dolphins, which we'll get to that. Um, but I'll go with the Lions. I'm, I'm going to stick with Detroit. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll pick the – I don't know. It's, it is. that That's one of the tougher ones of the week. So, it's just it's just hard to know what to get probably from either of these teams in this spot. Yeah. West Coast team going to the, you know, planning at that 10 o'clock start time. Just historically, whether, you know, a lot of, you know, it's a different for good teams like the Chargers, but it's still a proven thing that over the course of, like, you know, the last 20 seasons, these West Coast teams do struggle a lot of times at the early start. So another thing going to Detroit's uh, way there. Yep, those are the ones you worry about, and uh, we'll see. This is uh, pretty much a toss-up, though, in my opinion, even though I'm really high on the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a, like you said, tough spot, though. Um, another one here is the Buffalo Bills heading to New York again to play uh, the Giants after playing the Jets last week. Uh, the, the Bills will now get the Giants. Bills, one-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, Dylan, maybe another game we're, we're kind of split on because uh, I told you last week, and I think some people were probably laughing about this, uh, they're like, well, we watched the game, and they didn't look good. But I don't think the Giants are all that terrible. Now, yes, they look terrible at times, but I don't think as a whole that they are that terrible. Now, by the end of the season, if they're 0-16, I will finally admit that the Giants are terrible. 
But right now, I thought there were some things that they did well in that game against the Cowboys. I thought it said a lot more about the Cowboys and just how good they can be, Uh, whereas the Giants, Mm -hmm. I mean, they did some good things offensively. Yes, we're going to talk about Eli Manning. Uh, We know that's the one thing that's going to be brought up all year long, Uh, whether he stays in, whether he's benched for Daniel Jones, we don't know. But with Saquon Barkley, with Evan Ingram, um, you know, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate eventually comes back. I mean, I, I don't know. I, this is a spot for me where I'm going to take the Giants. It's, again, another sort of slight upset, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Um, maybe they're able to bounce back here. I don't think the Giants are going to win a ton of games this season, but this could be one of those where they put together a good enough offensive performance against a pretty tough defense uh, to where the Giants may have an opportunity to, to win a close game here. I do agree that the Giants are probably being a little uh, bashed on unfairly. I, not as bad as you know some of these teams at the bottom of the NFL. They obviously, Saquon Barkley makes a big difference. In this game, I, I went with the Bills, though. I'm, I, we were talking before the podcast. I'm a little abnormally high on Buffalo after one week for a one-point win against the Jets. Um, <laughs> but I, I do – it was a game I, in the last podcast I talked about how they dominated – um, really overall just total yardage they dominated in a, a lot of facets of the game avoiding third downs a ton of buffalo uh first downs that they picked up on first or second down only had three uh 10 third down attempts the entire game they were moving the ball well just the turnovers um and uh the return touchdown obviously for the jets really made a big difference in that game so with buffalo it, yeah and this one i'm uh, yeah, yes, the Giants probably not as bad um, as a lot of people want them to be or think they are, but I, I, I just don't think their defense has enough talent to really kind of enforce their will on Buffalo's offense. It's still getting into a groove, but they, they had some good things going for them. Against the Jets' defense isn't, isn't bad. It's probably better than the Giants' defense, and I think Buffalo is, will be able to move run the ball. I don't think that's going to be a big problem for them, and I think they'll help Josh Allen out with some of these rollouts and different things they do with him. On the flip side, I... Dallas's defense has a lot of solid players, but I think Buffalo's really, really good on defense. And I don't think the offensive line for the Giants, I mean, there's even a lot of Saquon's carries and the uh, big runs against the Cowboys. He was having to dodge guys. He's already had people in his lap as soon as he was getting the ball. I just don't think with all the overall talent on Buffalo's defense that the Giants have enough of their own to kind of offset it. I think one and a half, yeah, another game that's going to be really close. If Josh Allen makes mistakes, which is very much in play here, then you could see the Giants taking this one. I just think Buffalo is going to find a way and uh, start out 2-0 and maybe get some rumblings of these uh, kind of dark horse (laughs) wild card talk. I mean, it's early. It's really early. Um, Buffalo's schedule is a little tougher than some of the other teams in their division, but going to go with Buffalo to uh, beat the Giants here. Well, the over-under 44 on this game, probably a bit of a slugfest, you would think. Um, I don't. I don't expect it to be, you know, thirty to twenty-seven or anything like that. It, it will be a game, uh, probably that that goes late into the fourth quarter. Uh, you're going to take the Bills. I'll take the Giants here. Uh, both teams. I don't know. Still, still working some things out. You mentioned the Bills though in that division. Um, they've had a couple of things. Now that you look at the state of that division, yeah, no one's probably topping the Patriots. But uh, when you look at where the Jets are, which we'll talk about them in a minute. And you look at the Dolphins, which, of course, so we all know where they're at. Uh, that does kind of lead to, to some possibilities there, maybe for the Bills, if they're able to pull out this win. Uh, so we'll see what happens there in that one. Another uh, toss-up game that may not be one everybody's watching this week, uh, but it could be one of the better games of the week just in terms of uh, cl- you know a close score and that type of thing. So mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens there. Um, one that the, uh, the Vegas is not uh, predicting to be close is... <laughs> 
is the Cardinals at the Ravens. Uh, and this is a – Dylan, this is one of those when I saw this line come out, and it's even moved a bit higher in, in some places. I mean, I've seen it go as high as 13.5 now. Uh, but mm-hmm. 13, it seems to be the, the consensus for a lot of places. That's The, the Ravens is a 13-point favorite in this game. Woo, that that's high. I mean, that's um, you know, th- mm-hmm. th- that's that's high. And I'm not picking the Cardinals to win this game, uh, but I guess we do understand why this line is nearly two touchdowns, uh, knowing what the Ravens did to the Dolphins. Which, uh, as we said, that's a little bit of both. I think it's not just the Ravens being uh, a potential 16 and 0 team; it's also the Dolphins being a potential 0 and 16 team. Um, so that's why this line's so high. I like some of the mm-hmm. things the Cardinals did late in that game against the Lions, uh, but facing a much tougher defense here against the Ravens on the road. I'll take the Ravens, of course, uh, but if I'm that's a straight up pick against that, you know, against the spread, 13 points. Ooh, I'm always going to be a little iffy on that one until we get to the one we're going to talk about next. They're probably forced the sports books to keep pushing it higher and higher because I imagine after last week there's a lot of people <laughs> overreacting and betting on the Ravens. They got to protect themselves a bit, yeah. uh, so they pushed the line maybe a little, a few, maybe two, three points higher than they may have otherwise. Um, but yeah, I'm going with the Ravens here in a straight up pick. They're not going to be my lo- uh, you know lock of the week for the spread though. Like you said, it's pretty high. The Cardinals, uh, we'll see what they're able to do. I mean, Detroit's defense isn't awful. I mean, they they do have do some good things and. We'll see what Kyler can do in you know a road environment, a lot different uh, kind of situation here against a Ravens team that's going to be feeding off last week, feeding off their first home game. Um, I, I yeah, I think Baltimore's offense will still put up pretty big numbers. I don't think Arizona's defense it, it needs a lot of work still um, for a team that uh, you know prides themselves in the past on stopping the run. They really haven't been able to do it the last couple of years. So I, I see it being a big week again, obviously for Lamar Jackson and. Um, if Mark Ingram's able to go. But I think the fantasy must-play here is Mark Andrews. He had a huge week last week, and we're talking about a Cardinals defense that over the last few years is one of the worst against uh, opposing tight ends in fantasy. We saw it with TJ Hawkinson going off. I think Mark Andrews will be... Uh, potentially the top receiver maybe Arizona will be kind of trying to stop the the deep shot you know whenever Marquise Brown's on the field but I think Mark Andrews kind of fills in and gets those intermediate passes and could have a huge day here so overall uh, maybe not a 14 point win but again at the same time I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens won by three touchdowns uh, if their defense forces some turnovers and uh, the offense is clicking again so going Baltimore here but We'll see you on the spread. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't expect Lamar Jackson to have a perfect passer rating or anything like that again. So let's not let's not go too far in that direction. Even no. even though he is again, he is playing a defense where he he can take advantage of some things. Um, David Johnson, from a fantasy perspective, I mean, you drafted him so high, you're probably playing him. But I wouldn't feel great yeah. about this particular matchup. Mm-hmm. Even though I will say, uh, I have to give Cliff Kingsbury credit because my goodness, at least they're getting back to using David Johnson in the passing game, which I don't know why they ever stopped doing that. Um, but n- now they're doing it with, with the new coaching staff, and that's something where at least he'll have some value there. But actual straight up uh, running the ball, probably going to be a tough task uh, against the Ravens. But, yeah, we're, we'll both take the Ravens here. Uh, be interesting to see kind of how that, you know, kind of unfolds, I guess, from a perspective of, uh, the, uh, I guess, the, the Vegas line, knowing that it is that high and seeing uh, how competitive of a game it is. And speaking of competitive games, we finally get to the New England Patriots heading to Miami <laughs> to take on the Dolphins. 
Um, I, I guess, you know, it's 19 was at one point. Maybe it's gone down to 18 and a half in certain spots. Um, I think it opened at 14 and a half, which to me just high, yeah. highway, oh, high, highway robbery <laughs> at 14 and a half. Anybody who got it at 14 and a half, congratulations. Uh, because this is my lock of the week. And yes, this is my lock of the week, not only straight up, but from a, a betting perspective. Um, it's 18 and a half, 19, I don't care. You could have set it at 28, and I would probably still say, you know what, I've taken the Patriots. Uh, because here's the thing, Dylan, I'll, I'll say this. You know, Brian Flores, he was there in New England for, for all that time. He had played a big role in their success. But the problem now is that Bill Belichick is pissed off because he's having to deal with all this Antonio Brown stuff uh, which we are not going to get into because, quite frankly, none of us are legal experts. Um, I have no idea how that thing's going to unfold. Just like with every other situation that we've talked about with Antonio Brown, no one has any clue what's going to happen here. Um, you know, there's possibilities, I guess, that, that he could practice. Who knows? We don't know what's going to happen with that. But what I do know is that the Patriots are going to win this game by many touchdowns. And, uh, you know, if the line's at 18, I, I've been fully confident that this is a three-touchdown win or more for the Patriots. Uh, I've taken the Patriots here. And from a fantasy perspective, in my notes, exactly how I put it, anyone wearing a Patriots uniform is a must-play in fantasy this <laughs> week. And we were laughing on the last episode. Even if you want to roll out Jared Stidham, you can, because he may get a lot of action in the second half. Um, take the Patriots. Take them all the way. This is going to be ugly. Yes, yeah, I was just checking out the spread. Right now I see 18.5 on ESPN, so <laughs> even a little better than minus 19. 76% of betters are going with the Patriots on that spread. I know a lot of times you're – and uh, you don't have gambling advice about going the opposite way if too many people are on one. But I think this is a unique situation here. I, in my first uh, power ranking column, there's a reason the Dolphins are number 32 and the Pats are number one by by a decent margin. Uh, I, I don't think Miami's offensive line is absolutely atrocious. And I, the, the Patriots secondary is great, but their, their front's also solid. I think they're going to cause problems all day for whatever quarterback's back there for Miami. We'll see if Fitzpatrick or Rosen, who, who's going to actually be in there for most of the game, uh, yeah, I'm going also with my lock of the week betting wise overall. You know, make you know take even a couple more points if you want. <laughs> if if you if uh, the book you have will let you, I don't think they're going to pull any punches. I mean, this is a team last year that almost ruined their chance of getting the number one seed, yep. uh, or did ruin their chance of getting the number one seed actually um, with that uh, Miami miracle game. Um, but also, New England just historically does not slow down. They our team bill belichick doesn't have any mercy he's not going to just stop if he's winning by x amount of points i mean we saw it in the last game against pittsburgh tom brady until the last couple of minutes when that game was already out of hand against the steelers so why well, i don't see why it would be any different against a divisional opponent that they were really going to want to set a tone with here i i think their patriots defense could have a huge fantasy day just with the turnovers sacks everything i think every time if, if you're able to pick i mean most people probably have the patriots owned already but if you do <laughs> make sure you play them because this is going to be a big week for them as you said anyone wearing a patriots uniform in fantasy <laughs> um uh, yeah well even if you have jacoby myers i don't care who it is <laughs> so, just play them <laughs> 
it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly. That's all I know. The Patriots defense could score as many points as Tom Brady this week. Like I legitimately believe that. Like I mean, they they could score that many because he may not play, but you know, a half and it might be. Yeah. So I mean, that that's the, the honest truth that that could happen. So if you have the Patriots defense, uh, you're sitting in a good spot. Even knowing that the Dolphins have won two of the last three in this series, um, that is uh, going to change probably uh, with this game. Uh, yeah, it's just it's not going to be pretty. There, there's not much else to say about it. Uh, the Patriots overwhelming favorites and this game will probably not be close uh so always consider that from a fantasy perspective because that can go both ways where like we said brady may play two quarters and be done um meanwhile ryan fitzpatrick could throw 75 you know pass attempts and uh you know have a huge performance just because he's throwing the ball literally on every single play uh so (laughs) this is one of those weird games from a fantasy because you you have to think about it much more than you would just you know you would on the face value you're like well you know exactly what you're going to do here but you have to think about it a little more because you're like, well, it could be so out of hand that certain guys may not play very much, and it's uh, hard to believe mm-hmm. we're talking about that in an NFL game. Uh, but that's where we're at right now with both the Patriots and the Dolphins. Uh, another game here that will be a lot more competitive, uh, also a divisional game, that is the Dallas Cowboys uh, heading to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Redskins. Cowboys five-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Um this is a, a sneaky good game, Dylan, because the, the Redskins, who we all thought were just going to come out and be atrocious against the Eagles, actually look pretty good in doing some things uh, against the Eagles. Your Super Bowl mm-hmm. pick, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, it's – hey, this this is weird, weirder things have happened. I'm still going to take the Cowboys here, but this could be a pretty good game just knowing that, that the Redskins did build a little bit momentum – uh, from that game against the Eagles, even though you know they they lost the game ultimately, I don't know. This could be certainly a game where you you see some interesting things. I don't expect the the Redskins to maybe um, you know be able to to break through that that Dallas defense, maybe like they did on some of the things they did against the Eagles. But uh, I'll still take the Cowboys. Could be a pretty good game though. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, going into the season, maybe a little lower in the Redskins than I should have been as well. I definitely was impressed with some of the things they did. Even, you know, Keno missed one uh, other long throw there to McLaurin at the end of the game, towards the end of the game, that could have changed the tides there as well. I mean, a lot of good things from that team. I still think their defense is lacking too much, and I, I was very intrigued by and encouraged by what Kellen Moore did with the Cowboys offense. We talked about that a lot in the last episode. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. I, I think they have too much talent not to win, but it is a, kind of a scary trap game a bit. You, you know, maybe the Cowboys are feeling too high and you know next week they play the Dolphins so maybe they're it's kind of like they're going to get their little bye weeks here but this won't be an easy game by any means I I I anticipate Washington probably keeping it close for the first half and then maybe Dallas kind of wakes up in the second half and is able to kind of pull away similar to what Philadelphia did I think an intriguing fantasy play will be Michael Gallup I think he can kind of take the top off the defense in a similar fashion to what we saw Deshaun Jackson do Amari Cooper I still will obviously think he'll have a great week and I think he'll be doing a lot more things in the middle of the field and out of the slot depending on where they put Randall Cobb but I think Gallup can have a, that chance I mean last week we, we called it with Deshaun Jackson I don't know if, I don't know if we're gonna get two touchdowns from Gallup but I still think he can have a big week and have a couple really big chunk plays through the air so should be a fun game I Washington's offense is uh, still I, I'm not 
totally confident in that offensive line for many reasons beyond just Trent Williams. But Case Keenum's done a great job throughout his career of kind of scrambling and making things happen. We'll see what Adrian Peterson can, can do if you need a spot play on fantasy mm-hmm. with Darius Geis now out indefinitely. I think Adrian Peterson is uh, a pretty decent play. I mean, last year uh, was one of the, you know, I think 16th in fantasy for running backs. Uh, you know, just because he's a older guy now that and he has the name power you might think it's just a little overrated but i still think in this week not necessarily like saquon last week by any means but i think he could be a decent fantasy play as well yeah i like amari cooper you mentioned him and gallup i mean i think both of those guys are certainly worth playing in this matchup knowing what uh we saw from the eagles last week and vernon davis uh and jordan reed mm-hmm. still questionable with a concussion um you know look at what evan ingram did against the cowboys you know especially on that first drive like i said i went back and watched that game uh with the cowboys and the giants i thought that that the 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 giants did some good things that's like i said earlier that they did some things that were Mm -hmm. very good and i think getting the tight end involved would be a really good you know opportunity here for the redskins knowing that Vernon Davis did have that big play against the Eagles, and and he's probably going to be someone that gets a lot of targets uh, with some of the you know the other guys in that offense. You look at Trey Quinn, uh, Terry McLaurin, who we talked about as a waiver wire pickup this week. Um, the, the Redskins have some intriguing options; they just don't have the firepower that the Cowboys have, and so that's why both of us are picking the Cowboys here in this matchup before they get to return home uh, to play the Dolphins next week, which uh, that's always one we're really looking forward to because, uh, we, as you can tell, we really get a lot of excitement when we start talking about uh, whoever's playing against the Dolphins, uh, knowing what we saw in week one there, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, that's okay. Like we said, we've already alienated the entire Miami uh, zip code, so at this point, um, you know, I'm sorry. I think they've accepted it too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, at this point, we just we have to get our jokes in now because the Dolphins are going to get better eventually. Um, so we, we have to kind of get them in now. But uh, another division game this week is the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Houston to take on the Texans. Texans nine point favorites in this one, Dylan. Um, this this matchup looked a lot better on paper a week ago. But now, knowing what we know with Nick Foles out, uh, Gardner Minshew and his mustache are in. Uh, I don't think the the stash is going to be enough here uh, to overcome the Texans. The Texans defense isn't what it used to be, but this feels like a really good spot for them. Um, even if they, they you know made some errors in that game against the Saints, Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, they're must plays for me. Even against the Jags defense that we know has some talent in the secondary, I still th- those are two guys that. You watch them against the Saints. I mean, man, their, their chemistry is as good as any mm-hmm. in the league. I mean, you just see those two guys, um, you know, they know where the ball is going. I mean, they, they just have that connection, and you just don't often see that um, in a lot of situations. Yes, there there are good ones out there. You know, you see guys who can spread the ball to anyone, but – you want to talk about a connection. Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, man, they looked really good in that game against the Saints. I think they'll look really good here, even though, like we said, knowing that the Jags have some talent on that defense. With the quarterback situation, I just I have to take the Texans here. I just don't think the Jags are going to be able to do enough. The problem now is uh, if you can't get anything going in the passing game, I think it's going to be hard to just feed Leonard Fournette 30 times uh, if you're trailing you know, by 10 points, two touchdowns, something like that. That puts the Jags in a pretty tough spot here. 
have all the love for Gardner Minshew, which I think it should be required. Anytime you say his name, you have to say his full name. You can't just <laughs> right. say Gardner or Minshew. Yep. It's always both. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a hard time picking him, even though you know I was intrigued by what he's able to do in the first game, and it's all fun. But over, yeah, it's one game against a Kansas City defense. It was just kind of sitting back for most of the time he was in. I went with the Texans as well. I can't really pick him over Deshaun Watson. I mean, the, I, for a lot of the things uh, we said about the Texans and, you know, they're not going to dominate scheme-wise in the way the Chiefs were able to kind of exploit Jacksonville's defense. But I think just the overall sheer talent of Deshaun Watson is going to be the difference in what their offense is able to do. And like you said, the chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins, no matter what the call is, whatever, like Jacksonville could know it's coming, but these guys are so good. They're still going to get it done. I liked what they did a little more. They were throwing the ball a lot on early downs, which is great to see. And I mean, anytime you go into New Orleans and almost, even if you almost win and probably should have won if they were playing press defense on that last play before the field goal. I mean, this is that's impressive. I mean, this is that's one of the best teams in the NFL right there. So, I think Houston coming into this game, may, yeah, might have been a little closer with Nick Foles in there and believe in some of the things they were able to do against a Houston defense. It's not quite where we are used to seeing it, but at the end of the day, it's Deshaun Watson versus Gardner Minshew. And again, all the love for Gardner Minshew, <laughs> but yeah, I, I got to go with Deshaun Watson here. Yep, it's uh, seems like a good spot for the Texans uh, bounce back after that deflating you know loss to the saints where you felt like you had the game one and then you come down and you get will lutzed um that's what happened to the texans and now trying to bounce back here <laughs> really need a win because like we said knowing uh, kind of where that division is now you know the Colts are at the titans um it would be a, a pretty big spot here the texans really need to get this win they should be able to do it uh this week there in houston uh, another intriguing matchup here, one that, that I think you, you probably go a little bit back and forth on. And uh, looking at our notes, we both have picked different winners for this one, and that is the Seattle Seahawks at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are four-point favorites here in this one. Uh, this is a tough one, Dylan, because uh, we saw both teams show their flaws, certainly in, in week one. Um, the Steelers more so probably than the Seahawks. Uh, Steelers didn't look good at all against the Patriots, but you know what? There's a lot of teams that aren't going to look good at all against the Patriots this season. The Seahawks um, got off to a slow start against the the Bengals, were able to rally. Um, This is a tough one. I'll let you make your pick first, but this is one, you know, we mentioned with some of these others, I could see it going either way here because these are two teams that, that have some things to figure out if they want to be in that playoff race once we're getting into December, I think. Yeah, I have the Steelers making the playoffs on my preseason picks, but I'm going to actually go with the Seahawks as my upset of the week here. I, I It's not necessarily because I think Pittsburgh's as bad as they looked on Sunday night. I, I just think Seattle with Russell Wilson on the road is going to be able to do a lot of things with their offense against the Steelers' defense, which I have a ton of questions about now. Probably more, not just because it was the Pats, but just overall, I, I really think their secondary is kind of a mess right now and and, until they kind of figure out what they're doing there uh, a lot of these teams are going to be able to you know run the ball at least pretty effectively but then also pass and I I, we have Russell Wilson who we we, as we talked you know made it very clear in this podcast we think they need to let him throw the ball more (laughs) we think they're one of the best he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL I think in this one it could be a high scoring affair I, I don't think Pittsburgh's defense our offense is going to look as bad as it did last week. I think we're going to see some of the things, you know, going over the top of uh, secondary for the C- Seattle that's still missing Earl Thomas and really no way to replace him. I, I just think Seattle's I, 
Chris Carson will be, I think, just a, have a huge day against Pittsburgh's defense, whether it be catching the ball. I, I think Seattle will probably be smarter, you know, trying to throw early downs. We, as a Bengals team that, you know, we'll talk about them uh, coming up here in a sec, who I, I don't know if we're giving them quite enough credit to, uh, you know, after the preseason where it didn't seem like, seemed like they're kind of the one team in the AFC North we didn't really talk about. I still think they're decently solid. I think Seattle's going to play better than they did last week. And uh, I just think at the end of the day, Russell Wilson's going to outduel Big Ben here and uh, find a way for Seattle to start 2-0. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Steelers. Uh, I don't – I just – I mean, obviously, I don't love the way they looked last week against the Patriots. Um, and, and we talked about the flaws in terms of their weapons. They're clearly not the same offense uh, without Antonio Brown. There, there's some things they've got to get figured out. Um, I think that the last time I checked, uh, Juju is questionable for this game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, limited in practice on Wednesday. Obviously, if he doesn't play, I think the Seahawks probably will find a way to win this game. Uh, if he does play, I'll, I'll still take the Steelers, uh, knowing that the, the Seahawks did struggle, you know, with their secondary. I mean, the Bengals pretty much did what they wanted. That's why I'm going to make James Washington uh, an intriguing fantasy player here. I don't think he's a must play. <laughs> I don't think he's someone uh, you're necessarily going to love probably putting into your lineup. But there is an opportunity here for him to kind of have that breakout performance that he needs uh, to be someone that can become a a regular part of that that passing offense. And and this is a game where, you know, we'll talk about John Ross in a minute. This is where someone like John Ross, who used his speed to take advantage of that Seahawks secondary, I think James Washington could do the same here, knowing that that his speed is is his biggest strength in this offense. Uh, Maybe he gets some opportunities here. Uh, Dante Moncrief struggled. Maybe we see a little bit more James Washington uh, put up better numbers here. He's an intriguing play, not a must play, uh, but someone, if you have to stick him in, let's say say you're in a situation where you're looking at James Washington uh, or Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, knowing that that the Jets, who we'll talk about in a minute, are in a tough spot uh, from a quarterback standpoint, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I don't know. Like, like this is one of those, and I'm not just saying this because this is the exact decision I have to make in the Clutch Points Fantasy League, <laughs> um, knowing that I am pretty much going to be choosing between Robbie Anderson and James Washington this week. Uh, it's tough knowing Robbie Anderson is, is someone is that, you know, he's locked into his role, and James Washington's kind of in that, that back part of, uh, I guess, you know, the featured part of the offense for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. But it's tough, and so give James Washington a look if you have to. Uh, he could be someone that has a breakout game. He needs to have a breakout game because uh, that would probably make Steelers fans feel a little bit better about that passing offense. But we just brought up John Ross and the Bengals. That takes us to the 49ers at the Bengals. Bengals two-point favorites in that game. Dylan, here you go. I am officially back on the Bengals train. <laughs> After being off of it for the first seven episodes of this podcast, I am back on the Bengals train because here's why. My weekly recommendation here of NFL Game Pass. Again, we get nothing for me shilling the Game Pass week in and week out. But I went back and watched the the Seahawks-Bengals game. I am telling you, I was so impressed with Zach Taylor's offense and just the way they approached the game, the way they called the game, uh, the different type of passing patterns. they. I mean, they had all – they had a variety of stuff – and for mm-hmm. me, when you have, I mean, the Bengals are lacking talent on offense. They have talent. It's just how do you use that talent? When Marvin Lewis was there, 
we just saw too many times. You just you never sort of saw that explosiveness with the offense in recent years. You you saw it maybe some a while back uh, when Chad Johnson was there, T.J. Hushmanzada, those kind of guys. But you didn't really see that explosiveness enough of it with that offense. You never saw that consistency. I'm not saying the Bengals are going to go out and win win the Super Bowl, make the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> but considering where I was on them, Dylan, to where I am mm-hmm. now, I've come a long way just in one week. Maybe I'm overreacting, uh, but I thought they looked really good from an offensive standpoint there i'm picking them against the niners here i'm just very intrigued by the Bengals now because of that performance but more so i just think their approach is so much better mm-hmm, and, exactly. and that's going to give them opportunities here i was going to say it's easy to overreact to a performance but i think it's more about the the kind of system they have in place now and what they're doing with, like you like you talked about when you watch the game again with their scheme and overall just putting guys in places to succeed again they should have beaten seattle i mean if yeah. andy dalton the ball doesn't slip out of his hand for no reason and then uh, you have missed field goals just so many little things that went wrong in a one-point loss they really should have taken that game and i'm also going with the Bengals here getting a little uh, super bowl 16 and 23 revenge <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not quite gonna over uh you know help out on that stuff but yeah a little fun here i mean uh 49ers i just i don't have that much confidence in them yet i know they won um but it was an ugly game and i mean those two pick sixes it wasn't like san francisco's defense was out there just locking guys down this was an ugly game and i I, until i see the 49ers kind of play as a uh, you know a full game where i I feel actually good about them taking it It, that game felt more like tampa bay lost more than san francisco won let's put it that way i think cincinnati's defense looked better than i expected and against seattle um there's a few times where they got a little exploited with the lack of depth on the linebacking line but i i went with the bengals here too i think at home with the scheme and all the things i mean we've seen um sean mcveigh had has had now a few of these disciples which is funny to say given how young he is that haven't really lived up to what he was able to do with the rams but i think zach taylor's off to a great start um just intrigued by overall what they're able to do and i think the loss of tevin coleman will hurt san francisco a bit here i think having that receiving back he was off to a decent start in the first half of that game in tampa bay also if nick bose is slowed down by his uh, injury again same uh, kind of issue that he had all throughout training camp on the same foot so I think that's an issue for San Francisco as they try to uh, pressure the passer and overall just going to go with the Bengals here. Yeah, hard to believe. Andy Dalton, career highs in completions and passing yards last week. Um, and then, against Seattle. Yeah, against Seattle, <laughs> against a team who against has Seattle. regularly been so good against the, the pass. And you have that, and then you had John Ross you know, with, with his career high. Yeah, I mean, you know, are they going to both have career highs again this week? Probably not, but, man, you've got to like the momentum that they built. And it, it's clear that they're comfortable in that offense, and um, I'm mm-hmm. all about comfort, and, and these guys are comfortable. <laughs> and Andy Dalton, you know what? He hasn't been the most consistent guy, but I don't know. I was, I think just going back and watching them, I have just gotten, you know, really impressed with the Bengals. It's, it's going to come back to bite me probably. They may lose by three touchdowns this week. Um, but you know what? We we go with we go with what we see, and uh, what I saw is a Bengals team that looks a lot better on offense, um, and they should have some opportunities to take advantage of that this week against the 49ers. Uh, one of the potential games of the week here, uh, without a doubt, is the Minnesota Vikings uh, taking on the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Packers three point favorites here. Uh, that's the spread you expected, given uh, what we've seen from these two teams. Uh, Going to be a close game. 
uh, Dylan, this is my upset of the week. Uh, and, and maybe it's not a huge upset from the sense that I picked the, the Vikings mm-hmm. to win the division. I think a lot of people picked the Vikings as a potential Super Bowl team. Um, but I'm, I'm picking them here. I, they're just, again, it, it goes off of what we saw in week one. Um, I, I love the way the Vikings play. I love their approach, just like with the Bengals. I love the way they approach that game against the Falcons. And knowing how good they are on defense, knowing how good Dalvin Cook looked, um, Kirk Cousins is probably going to throw the ball more than 10 times in this game, but he has, <laughs> uh, we said it before, he has Adam Thielen, he has Stephon Diggs, he has Kyle Rudolph, he has all these guys he can throw to. I'm not necessarily concerned here. Yes, you always worry about anybody that's playing at Lambeau. Uh, I'm going to take a chance here, and I'm going to take the Vikings just because this is a really good game. I still think that the Packers are, are figuring some things out on offense, which as we, we saw that clear as day against the Bears, um, this should be a, you know, potentially the game of week. It really could be. We both picked another mm-hmm. one, but uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm always excited to watch these NFC North battles of these top three teams, including the Bears, uh, even though that Packers-Bears week one game wasn't exactly yeah. what we were looking for. Uh, I went with the Packers. Uh, could have gone either way. Um, I obviously, as you know, picked the Packers to win the division, so maybe that's partially what uh, pushed me to that side on this game. But <laughs> I, yeah, as you mentioned about Kirk Cousins throwing the ball 10 times. He's going to have to throw the ball a lot more. I think it's going to be a closer game uh, longer. I think one of the big things that Minnesota did, obviously, to all the all 28 points they scored against Atlanta came off turnovers and a block punt. Yeah. Other than that, they had under 60 yards on the day with their offense, which is you know maybe where you know it's a lot different game at that point when you're winning by 28 points. You're not doing your uh, full thing. You kind of just letting you know trying to run the clock out uh, they relied on dalvin cook who i think will have another big week here but green bay's defense i think yeah we'll see you know are they re- are they truly great I've, i'm not positive on that yet but i am in, i'm encouraged by their improved pass rush with zadarius smith and preston smith and overall i think their secondary is just lethal and I, that's one thing here I, we got two of the best receivers in the nfl on the vikings and then you add Jared Alexander with Darnell Savage and then some of the things we saw Adrian Amos do. I think they have, uh, you know, I, I talked previously about the Patriots possibly having the best secondary in the NFL. I think the Packers are right there. And I think that's going to be a big part of this game. I think their pass rush on Cousins, who's a guy that really does struggle quite a bit when he has interior uh, pressure. Kenny Clarks was off to a great start in that Bears game. A lot of really good things he did to uh, get some key pivotal stops for Green Bay. Um, and I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to turn the ball over like Matt Ryan did. I think he's he, he's a guy that he, he's talked a lot about playing against Mike Zimmer defenses, how the challenge of it all. And I don't think he's going to be trying to kind of get the, the chunk plays that mm-hmm. you know might lead to some of these turnovers that we saw with Matt Ryan. I think he's going to be more careful. I think the Packers are going to be calculated with what they do, and they believe in their defense. And I think you know it's going to be a close game right down to the wire. A, you know, three points, one point, two point, either way you could go, but I'm going to go with Green Bay. Yeah, should be one of the better games of the week. Uh, these two teams both have Super Bowl aspirations. And, and yeah, we, we find out a lot more about Vikings offense. We find out a lot more about the, the Packers defense here. Those are the two big things for me mm-hmm. uh, we really have our eyes on in this one because, uh, yeah, it could be a lot of fun, and we definitely learn a lot more about both of those 
those teams uh, after week two. Uh, we probably learned a lot more about the Chiefs and the Raiders, too. Uh, the Chiefs are seven-and-a-half-point <laughs> favorites uh, at Oakland uh, there in the afternoon slate. Uh, the Chiefs had, obviously, a, a different type of week one game. Tyreek Hill's injury, and then on the opposite side, you had Nick Foles' injury. Um, it was a different game for the Chiefs. We didn't really maybe know what to expect. I think some of us were even potentially picking the Jags to win that game. Uh, but what looked good was Patrick Mahomes, and he continues to look good. Um, he's just – he is the man that makes everything go for the Chiefs. Sammy Watkins had a career day, just an unbelievable performance on my bench in one of my fantasy leagues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was exactly what I, what I wanted to see. Uh, this is a – you know, I'm picking the Chiefs here. I don't think that's a surprise for anybody. Um, you know, they're a touchdown favorite in this game. And it's just one of those deals where I, I actually, you know, I went back and watched the Raiders and the Broncos. I actually thought the Raiders played with a ton of sort of energy. I mean, they look like mm-hmm. a team on a mission. Uh, they did it against a Broncos team that, that had some weaknesses, that they have some flaws. But I was pretty impressed with the Raiders. I liked how they used Josh Jacobs. Uh, David Carr looked confident. I mean, Darren Waller, as we know, we, we've really hyped him up. When you we look at, I mean, I ended up including him in my waiver wire after we did the podcast because he just looked so good. He got all those targets. He played every snap. Um, there's a lot to like about the Raiders, but you're going up against a team with just too much firepower here. I'm picking the Chiefs. Um, and, and honestly, probably going to be a high-scoring game here because mm-hmm. bo- both offenses could, could really put up some points. I mean, we saw what Gardner Minshew did against the <laughs> right. secondary. And I think Derek Carr, as much as, you know, people kind of dog on him and there's talk this offseason, you know, are the Raiders going to trade up and get Kyler Murray? And as the Derek Carr era over, before he got injured in 2016, he was, you know, top five MVP candidate legitimately. Yep. He was having an amazing season. And I think we saw in that first game, even without Antonio Brown, they were able to do a lot of things in the passing game. I was really impressed with their offensive line against Denver, too. They did a lot of good things on quick throws to kind of negate some of the pressure that was coming from Chubb and from uh, Von Miller. Um, I know Kansas City's improved their pass rush, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to really get to Carl uh, too much in this game. I also went with the Chiefs uh, as I continue to uh, rave about the Raiders, but I, I do think it's going to be high scoring. I think you'll talk a little bit about Darren Waller and his fantasy value. I think Tyrell Williams will have another big week. Yep. Overall, I just think the Oakland's going to be able to score a lot of points against Kansas City's defense. I don't think Oakland's defense we saw them they looked better than in the past absolutely they look like they took a jump but losing Jonathan Abram I mean I know it's a rookie and it's one guy but he was really a force for them in that for in the opener against Denver losing him for the season is a huge blow and especially in this game against uh even without Tyree Kill there's so many weapons the Chiefs have it's still Andy Reid it's still Patrick Mahomes I think the, the most sure thing that I have here is the over under 54 <laughs> it seems high but I see this being a kind of like 37-27 kind of final score. I think it's going to be a ton of points. Kansas City pulls it out just because they have the better top-end talent. But I do think Oakland has a shot. I wouldn't be shocked if they came away with a one-score win here. Yeah, this is the highest over-under of the week, uh, which the one game we're about to talk about will probably be pretty close to to matching it. It's only a point behind it right now, I think. But, uh, yeah, this could be the highest-scoring game of the week when you consider where both offenses are, uh, when you consider that there are still some things to figure out on defense. Defense. Um, I also saw a, a great tweet from the NFL Research uh, account that they put out. You know, if Patrick Mahomes throws 
for 300 plus yards in this game of Ty Kurt Warner for the most 300 plus or 300 yard games uh, in the first 20 in his first 20 games in the Super Bowl area mm-hmm. with 12. And what's interesting about that, of course, is that it's only Mahomes' 18th game. Um, so pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Uh, we know how good this guy's been, and uh, yeah, he should have another big game here. I, you know, you mentioned Darren Waller fantasy wise. I had him and, and Sammy Watkins as must plays. But to be honest with you, I think everybody on offense for both teams. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I think that's you know, is there really anyone that we look at and feel like are, are they going to struggle? For my own advice, what do you think about McCole Hardman? Do you think with yeah. uh, Tyree Kill that he has a shot? <laughs> See, I think, and he's someone you've heard talked about a lot this week because he's going to have opportunities. And and here's we know what's going to happen. Like, and it's something I'm going to do too. Sammy Watkins is going to be in every starting lineup this week, and he'll wind up with yep. you know two catches for 22 yards, and um, <laughs> and you know we'll see McCole Hardman get like eight catches for 115 yards and two touchdowns or something. So. Just remember that with Mahomes, he has all these weapons. Um, whether it's Sammy Watkins, whether it's Travis Kelsey, uh, you know Tyree kills out, McCole Hardman, and, and he's going to throw to the running backs too. I think you know we'll see Damian Williams and Sean McCoy. Um, it's just that there's so many options, and, and somebody's going to score, and the chances are several of them are going to score. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. I think McCole Hardman is a fine fantasy play in a game like this, where uh, again he's going to have a bigger role. We know that. And uh, it is. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. This is a points game. If you love points, uh, you want to watch this game because uh, these two teams could could really sling it around and uh, result in, in a really high scoring game. The same is the case, Dylan, for the next game, and that is the New Orleans Saints at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the rematch, the one we've been waiting on. Rams are two point favorites in this one. Um, I think we both got this as the game of the week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, even as a, someone that roots for the Rams, just overall when I look at it, very exciting. Two of the two or the three or four best teams of the NFC, even with some of the things with the Rams. I mean, we talked a lot in the last episode about how they're able to adjust to different schemes and different things defenses are going to try to do based on what uh, New England was able to be effective with in the Super Bowl. Yeah, my game of the week as well. I went with the Rams, but I really was close to going with the Saints. I think for me in this one, it came down to – Kind of with Saint uh, with New Orleans against Los Angeles um, last year in those two games, a lot of different things going from the regular season matchup to the postseason. I think the Rams defense has improved uh, over that course of time, as we saw in that NFC title game. Even with the Saints able to move the ball, just overall the Rams defense, I think they're they're more tuned into how to stop New Orleans. I, I don't think there's any way they can really do it completely. I think overall, as we've seen with the Rams, one of their biggest struggles is against some of these running backs and catch the balls like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara every time he faces the Rams has a huge week so no no worry on that but overall I think the Rams defense has a better idea they're better than the Texans defense I think New Orleans is going to have to be on top of their game if they're going to win they're they've uh with the turnovers with the you know their front is great but i think overall the rams just total defense is maybe a little disrespected at this point Mm i you know i talked last episode about yes they gave up 27 points but you have to kind of see where some of those points came from and overall as the rams uh, offense evolves and you know having kind of more multiple packages and more things to kind of combat what other defenses are going to do i just overall believe that they're going to be you know their home opener 
I mean, a lot of all offseason, they're they've been told they didn't deserve to be in the Super Bowl. That this should have been the Saints game. I think both teams are going to be come out with something to prove. It's going to be fun. It's going to be close. But I think the Rams are able to outslug the Saints at the end of the day. Another game here where you're playing all your offensive guys on both sides. I don't, you know, you're not sitting anyone. It feels like you know Brandon Cooks was someone that was talked about a lot this week because he didn't have a great you know scoring output last week. But come on, mm-hmm. you're you're not you're not worried about these kind of guys and that type of offense. Um, everybody's going to be talking about. Todd Gurley, I hope everyone followed the advice and went out and picked up Malcolm Brown. Just go back to the <laughs> waiver wire. Malcolm Brown, is probably, he's probably still in a touchdown this week at the goal line, um, so he has a chance to offer points there. But, yeah, it's it's a points game. Like you said, I think you know maybe some value there uh, when you look about you know these two defenses possibly being a little underrated, especially the Rams, when you consider the, the talent they have on that side of the ball. Um, but, yeah, really fun game, uh, as expected. Just for, for everyone's sake, just so everyone knows, the referee in this game is Walt Anderson – uh, a veteran official, he's going to try to keep everything in check. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But that will obviously <laughs> – Hopefully there's no <laughs> pass interference calls. That go- It would be really ironic if it went the other way uh, and there was a, con- a key pass interference not called on the Saints that gets overturned. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be some irony right what's there. What's <laughs> the over-under on how many times that replay is shown in the pregame, <laughs> oh, halftime, after the game – uh, who knows? It's that, that. There's a bet in and of itself right there uh, because yep. we're going to see that one a lot uh, leading into uh, that game on Sunday. Uh, another game, we go, we don't go from the complete opposite to, to this. Um, <laughs> the Bears at the Broncos. The Bears, two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Broncos. My notes, I'll read it straight from my notes, the first to ten might win this game uh, because I don't have any trust in either one of these offenses the difference is the Bears have the supreme defense. That's why I'm picking the Bears, Dylan. I don't know what else to say about this game. I just I feel like this could be really sort of a game where, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. three to nothing, six to three at halftime, and we just don't see a whole lot. The the over under here is forty. So that that should kind of tell you. I'm pretty sure, without even looking up and down the line, I am I'm fairly certain that is the lowest over-under of the week. Um, points mm-hmm. are going to be hard to come by in this one. I was pretty disappointed with Denver's defense in week one against the Raiders uh, with Vic Fangio and all the, the talent they have. I, I think they might have a better game, and you know, it does help facing the Bears' offense. It seemed a little lost in week one, but it is one week, and we saw overall over the course of last season what Matt Nagy was able to do in putting Trubisky in places to succeed. But at the, at the flip side, Fangio knows Trubisky well. I mean, he's been on the on the, on the Bears' staff for the last, uh, you know, the first couple of years of his career. So maybe you'll have, you know, something dialed up for him. I also went with the Bears, mostly because I just have more overall trust in their defense defense and a complete lack of faith in Joe Flacco I don't mean to completely bash on him I he had a touchdown that was dropped and really you know as, as a guy that is still he's not you know not great but he still can get the job done in the right situation I just don't know if Denver has that I think the Bears defense is insanely good and I think at the end of the day just the difference in the scheme and um, overall their defensive talent I think will be the difference here but the Bears you know we'll see what the final score is uh i don't know how many points they're actually going to get on the board uh but we'll see well i mean denver could scheme something open and have uh you know some big plays maybe fangio knows some of the weaknesses of his own defensive guys from before and he's able to exploit i don't know if that's really going to be the case though i gotta go with chicago here we mentioned the brown schedule on the last episode or a couple episodes ago maybe 
whenever we were talking about our recap of week one and needing to win in week two and really calling it as most as close to a must win as you can have <laughs> i you know for the bears i mean this is one where they're at the broncos yeah. they're at the redskins the following week which that won't be easy monday night game uh then you're at home against the vikings you're at an improved mm-hmm. raiders team you're at home against the saints you're at home against the chargers you're at the eagles you know, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, if that offense doesn't get figured yeah. out, I mean, the Bears could find themselves in a really tough mm-hmm. spot here, uh, pretty quickly. They need to win this game. Um, so we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. But yeah, this is a it's a big game for the Bears, especially in the NFC. Like you're saying, it's it's so there's so many good teams that if you fall to zero and two, and with that schedule, I think football outsiders if i have it right had them projected to have the third toughest schedule in the nfl so if you're losing games to teams that you should beat or at least uh, you know are projected to beat that it's going to come back to cost you because there, there's going to be no shortage of teams in the wild card race in the nfc yeah no it's it's a big game for the bears and you definitely want to see an improved offense not going to be easy though going against uh you know a denver defense that knows you very well um not going to be easy for mm-hmm. the bears but yeah this this may be a field goal game so if you got kickers i'd play your kickers in this one uh, from a fantasy standpoint because they may see a lot of action uh, in a game like this where you've got two offenses still trying to work on some things um two offenses that uh, may still be working on some things but should be able to put up some points here that's the eagles at the falcons the eagles one and a half point favorites in this one that's the prime time game on sunday night um dylan i'm gonna do it and i don't feel great about it but i'm gonna pick the falcons here um that that's a game you know you go back and check that one out Boy, the Falcons looked awful. I mean, they just – they didn't look great. Um, that's a game we said in our week one recap that was very deceiving from a score stand, score standpoint because it wasn't that close. Uh, it was, you know, mm-hmm. it was 28 to 12, but it didn't. It wasn't that close. I mean, they, the Vikings completely controlled that game, um, and now the Falcons have to be able to bounce back against a potential Super Bowl team and the Eagles who were able to find a way to come back and beat the Redskins. I am. I'm going to take the Falcons here. I'm going to assume that Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley going down the line. I'm going to assume, assume that they figure some things out here uh, against a defense that's that's still pretty good. I mean, they played a Vikings defense that's good. Mm-hmm. The Eagles defense is good too. But I think we saw some possibilities for the Falcons to exploit in the, the Eagles defense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to take the Falcons, but I'm saying I, I'm not – I'm not confident about that um, because uh, may, maybe it, maybe I went wrong on picking them to make the playoffs. We both did, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I would love to see an improved performance here from the Falcons if you want to feel a lot better about where they're at right now. I'm torn on this pick. It really, uh, yeah, I think the Falcons' offense will be much better than last week. I don't think that they're going to be turning the ball over nearly as much. I think, like you said, they'll have some things in the Phillies' defense that they're still working out that they'll be able to exploit. I think pass protection could still be an issue. I, the, the loss of Malik Jackson for the Eagles is obviously huge, but I still think they have a ton of talent on their defensive line and overall their front. Uh, you know, Phillies' offense, I think – I'm. Eh, I think I'm gonna actually flip my pick to the Falcons. Oh, I was gonna go with the Eagles, um, and I still think the Eagles' offense has a lot of different ways they can beat uh, a opposing team. But I, I think the Falcons' defense overall in that game was put against the Vikings was put into a lot of bad situations, and you know, it got punched in the mouth a bit. And I think they're gonna come back. I still think they overall in that game, as I talked about, on those possessions where they actually were not coming off of turnovers deep in their own zone or block punts, they played pretty well. And I think they're going to come out with something to prove with a lot of 
you know, super talented guys. And I think overall, like you said, I think it kind of convinced me too. When I started thinking more about the back end of the Eagles defense and some of the big plays they gave up, maybe it won't, they won't see so many as they did against the Redskins where they were kind of sitting on routes. They'll be expecting a little more from Atlanta um, on the deep balls. But overall, I think the Falcons do have enough talent to win this game. I don't think they're going to be overmatched here. And I, I think the Eagles, you know, Coming off a game where, you know, they were down early, end up blowing them out really in the second half, you know, after falling behind 17-0, it was, you know, 32-10 for a while um, the rest of the way. But I, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta here. I, I convinced myself that, you know, as a team that I picked to make the playoffs, they got to, they have to win this game just uh, overall to kind of to show themselves, to prove to themselves that they're, you know, able to kind of compete with the best in the NFC. And I think at home on Sunday night after a tough loss, I think they're going to come back with something to prove. I still think Miles Sanders is a really intriguing fantasy play um, for the Eagles. I know he only had 25 rushing yards against Washington, even despite leading the team in carries. I think you'll have more opportunities like we saw Dalvin Cook kind of able to exploit some of Atlanta's front. That is one of the reasons that initially I was thinking about the Eagles. I think their offensive line is amazing. I think it's going to win this game up front for that side of the ball. But I think Atlanta is going to be able to do enough on offense and is going to prove that they are still one of the better offenses in the NFL. And, I'll, yeah, I'll go with the Falcons with you on this one. But we'll find out. We'll find out if we end up regretting this. Because for, for anyone about to hit pause and to run to their nearest bookie to bet on the Falcons, please rewind and listen to this last three minutes of this podcast because both of us sat there and just were basically pulling teeth to pick the Falcons here. Um, so don't don't rush out and bet bet everything <laughs> yeah. on the Falcons because we really struggled to get. Through. Yeah. So so just know <laughs> that this is not our most confident pick of the week uh, because of how the Falcons looked last week against the Vikings. But they should be able to bounce back here. They need to bounce back here. Uh, very important game uh, for the Falcons, without a doubt. Also an important game, Dylan, for the Monday night matchup. Really important game for both teams. And uh, unfortunately for one team, they are finding themselves with their backs against the wall now uh, due to some injury situations. The Cleveland Browns hit the road to take on the New York Jets. This line started at two and a half. As the day has progressed on Thursday, it is up to six and a half, and I will go ahead and tell yeah, I was you. Say. I will go ahead and tell you right now. This, you know, if if I'm adding an extra lock of the week, I'm probably making this it because Sam Darnold is out. Uh, he's got mono. He won't play this week. There's even it seems like probably won't play the following week, um, and then the Jets get their bye. So we may not see Sam Darnold until week five which is just unbelievable. I mean, you think about going into this game, this was such a big game for both teams. The Jets needed the win after letting the Bills come back and get that win last week. We know what the Browns look like. Uh, They've got to win. So, Dylan, I mean, you know, Le'Veon Bell's getting an MRI on his shoulder. There's just, I mean, I don't know, a lot's happened to the Jets here since we even were were talking about them earlier in the week. Um, They find themselves in a really tough spot here, and I think it it pretty much makes it easy uh, to feel like the Browns are going to be able to bounce back and maybe Mm -hmm. make a statement here in a pretty big way that their defense isn't as bad as it looked last week and that their offense isn't as bad as it looked last week. I was really excited for Darnold versus Mayfield round two last year in that Thursday night game when Mayfield made his – first appearance in the NFL it was such an exciting night and for Cleveland but also the Jets and I think 
Yeah, everyone was looking forward to that. It's such a freak thing with Darnold. Uh, nothing that could have you know avoided that. If you watch the interview with Adam Gase, he's just in disbelief. He's hardly putting his head up because he's just like, "Are you kidding me? How does this? How does this happen?" I mean, he has to remember he's the coach of the Jets, I think. Uh, but if if he's not able to come back after these next couple of weeks, you know, the, the early bye, they play the Patriots, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Patriots. They Oof. could easily be zero and six. They really need to flip that schedule over because with Trevor Simeon as the starting quarterback, I yeah I, I'm with the Browns here with that spread. I, I don't think the Jets' uh, uh, front seven is nearly as imposing as Tennessee's. That's going to be a huge difference because I think the one Achilles heel as we've talked about for the Browns right now is their offensive line. I think more protection for Baker overall. I think their Jets' offense that was you know pretty much stymied by Buffalo's front. I think it could be a similar story with uh, some of the talent Cleveland has along their front seven, their defensive line. Their secondary struggled a bit against the Titans, but I don't think they're going to have nearly the same uh, concerns against Trevor Simeon. So got to go with Cleveland here. They get a big of a, bit of a break as, as we talked about. Such a big game for them to not fall to 0-2 going into a tougher stretch of their schedule as well. Yep. So, uh, you know, could have been one of the uh, more fun games of the week. And now, uh, I mean, if, if the Jets do win, <laughs> that would be very that's so Cleveland Browns moment for yeah. us. But I uh, got to go with Cleveland here. I just there's too many things lining up for them to take. Well, this, this is it for the Browns. I mean, simply put, like they have to win this game. There, there's no other way to put it. If you lose this game, um, you are pretty much saying you are the Browns and that you are not going to be a factor in any sort of playoff race or anything like that because everything mm-hmm. is setting up exactly the way you need to come out and legitimately have a two, three touchdown type of win here. Um, knowing the talent you have on offense, knowing the talent you have on defense, the Browns have to come out and just really get off to a good start here because that is going to put Trevor Simeon in a spot where, you know, obviously you're not expecting Trevor Simeon to lead, you know, a, a comeback drive in the fourth quarter, that kind of stuff. You're just not expecting that to happen. So the Browns mm-hmm. need to come out, take advantage early. Uh, and if not, if they're, if this is a game where the Browns just struggle the entire way and maybe come out with a three-point win, I, I'm still looking at them and saying, man, we this team is not what we thought it was uh, at, at this point at least. And knowing that upcoming schedule – Uh, they're going to have a a rough path ahead if they're not able to come out and prove Mm -hmm. kind of that that they are the superior team here in this game. Yeah, I think uh, we also had the note you had about Le'Veon Bell possibly not playing. You talk about another big blow to this offense and uh, Quincy Anuwa out for the year. Just Mm. overall, I mean, man. (laughs) Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson in fantasy is not looking good for me. The only thing, (laughs) it goes back to what we said earlier, the only possible thing here is, is here is you know maybe the Browns get up twenty eight to nothing and the Jets are having to throw on every play. Uh, maybe Robbie Anderson, uh, who I think is was injured, he may even be questionable. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, not not feeling good from a fantasy perspective. You're not feeling good if you're the Jets uh, in any scenario here. Probably, um, maybe uh, no. I'm not even going to recommend Jets defense because if if the Browns play like they should offensively. I don't think we're going to have a problem here in terms of, you know, looking at it and feeling like Baker Mayfield's going to bounce back. So, yeah, uh, if you're the Jets, uh, mm-hmm. fantasy perspective, I am probably looking elsewhere, uh, even though they may be in a spot where they're having to throw the ball a lot. So we'll see what happens there. Both taking the Browns. But that does wrap up our picks uh, for week two of the NFL season. Uh, as always, uh, we'll keep tally of these and see where we're at. But, uh, yeah, always surprises in week one. I'm sure there will be more in week two of the season. Uh, but, Dylan, we'll wrap up here uh, getting prepared for our next podcast, which will be 
As it always is, our week two takeaways, uh, that'll be out early next week. Also, we'll look at uh, my waiver wire pickups for the week, the top 10, which, uh, Dylan, we have a lot of stuff for people who are still uh, running around trying to maybe make their picks for games. They have your power rankings to do that for this week. Uh, If they're trying to do their fantasy advice, we've got a ton of that as well uh, at Clutch Points. Yeah, tons of uh, fantasy start and sit articles that were written for us on, you know, every big position, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. So if you've got some tough decisions, you could always message us as well, and we can make sure those are included in our articles. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, the waiver wire pickups that Blake had, hopefully you guys saw those on Tuesday. Those will be coming out every Tuesday. I'll be getting the power rankings out every week. We'll see. There might be a lot of uh, turnover after one week. I tried to not overreact too much to some of the results, but – uh, you know, slowly over the course of the year, kind of have a better idea of what some of these teams are. I'm most confident about the Pats at number one and the Dolphins at 32. <laughs> After that, it's a lot different. But yeah, a lot of great stuff, uh, you know, on the Clutch Points app to follow the games themselves. And then also on our website um, with clutchpoints.com, you can search fantasy football for all the fantasy articles. Click on the NFL tab for all NFL news. And we got more breakdowns of each matchup, whether it be reasons that some of our writers think one team will win, just overall uh, outlook. And I, Blake's going to also start doing some fantasy outlooks for specific games as well so look forward to those and yeah it's going to be another fun week yeah lots of great stuff over clutch points uh got you covered from the nfl whether it's just you know from an nfl standpoint in terms of just games or from fantasy uh it's all there so be sure you check all that out and yeah uh, another uh week in the books here almost uh, of the nfl and uh week two should be a lot of fun some very high scoring games uh, with that trio we mentioned with the chiefs raiders Rams, saints and eagles falcons those could all be high scoring should be a lot of fun uh so be sure you're subscribe to the podcast uh that way you'll be able to catch all the stuff we have on the way here on the establish the past podcast and we will talk to you guys next time